We have all been chosen to live a life of victory. This podcast is based around myself, Danny, and my husband, Jordan, bringing you a word about how you can live a life of victory. We are bringing you a fresh revelation from God to walk in the spirit of faith, living out the victory that has been set before you. This week on Victorious, we are continuing with Why Did Jesus Come? This is part three. I have really enjoyed doing this series. Yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, why did Jesus come seems like the simplest question, especially if, if you've been walking in the Word for a long time. But I've heard over and over again about when you minister the basics to people and they think, I have to hear this again, then that means they never really heard it. Mm-hmm. Because if if it's too much for you to hear the truth of the gospel, then you need to hear it again. Yeah. And and that's and that's what this is. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news of Jesus coming, and what he brought when he came. It says, um, in the word we talked about last week, the things that he came, um, to do the the reasons he came. He came with, um. Not just saving you from hell, which we've talked about for yeah. two weeks now, but he came with a whole salvation package for you. Yeah, it's like uh, if you think about, um, you know, your fire insurance is like the base level, but then like what are the benefits? Like if you're going to a job interview or something, what benefits come with this job? Car, uh, you know, 401k, all that kind of stuff. There's much more than just your fire insurance. Right, Absolutely. And um, and that is just one of the benefits of being in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Jesus, so when he went about, he went about preaching, it says, about the anointing. And he would preach the anointing to those and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Well, we can tell you the message that he preached Christ is not Jesus' last name. No. Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. It wasn't translated over from the Greek. And so we know... I just got a picture of Joseph Christ. <laughs> that was his last name. That's funny. Sorry. <laughs> For a second I thought you were talking about John Chris. John Chris. <laughs> Have you seen his haircut? Anyways, we're getting off topic. So Jesus... Jesus Christ is Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. Mr. Comedian over here. Um, and we know that he was preaching about the anointing when he was going up. That's why, like, John the Baptist, his last name wasn't Baptist. Right. It was because he was John the Baptizer. That's what he did. What he, yeah, his flow. Right. And so Jesus says to us in Luke four eighteen, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news the gospel to the poor. You don't have to be po no mo. That's the good news. Amen. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He has caused it so you no longer have to live in bondage. You have been delivered. Remember that was part of the sozo. You have been delivered. And recovery of sight to the blind, that you don't have to uh, live blinded by the lies of this natural world, but that you can see into the spirit realm. 
to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Mm -hmm. That is the time we're living in right now. And what is the acceptable year of the Lord? The Jubilee. The Jubilee. And so the Jubilee was every, what, 50 years, right? Every 50 years, uh, it was like a reset. Uh, all your debts were canceled in the Jewish, uh, all your debts were canceled. Every, I mean, you started back, uh, clean slate. Yeah. That's why Jesus came. Mm -hmm. He's telling us this is why he came. So it's not just my interpretation. It's not just reading the Greek definition. He tells us this over and over again. He tells us this is why he came. And so I think it's an easy place to go. So, Danny, you're telling me that this is why he came. He came so I could be healed. He came so I could be cured. He came so I could be delivered. He came so I could be prosperous. He came so that I could live in peace. He came so I could live in joy. Well, I'm not seeing any of that in my life. Why is that? Well, that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about today that uh, the authority of the believer is... Um, what John A. McMillan called it. You can go get that book. That's a great one. Or The Believer's Authority is what Kenneth E. Hagen wrote. And that was the first book I read. It's a great I, book. I have to tell you that that book completely changed my life. And I would, I would even say it completely changed our lives as a family and as, as a whole, mm -hmm. uh, moving our family forward. In uh, 2013 was the first time I had read that book. And I had started um, Bible school after, um, we won't get into the whole story of that, but that was the same year I found, found out I was called to the ministry. And so I started Bible school in, in that spring, and um, I read that book, and my whole world was changed because I, I grew up um, with little understanding of I will say with no understanding of the believer's authority, but little understanding of, of what we've just ministered to you about what was available in, in mm -hmm. uh, salvation. Um, I absolutely was going to church to be a churchgoer. Yeah, checking the box. I wasn't going to church um, knowing what I learned in that book, and it completely changed my life. So I am so excited to share with you today um, that that information and so, um, or that revelation, I should say, because it definitely lighted up the eyes of my heart and completely changed everything that I thought I once knew. So, the believer's authority talks about in the beginning. So, we have to start in the very beginning in Genesis 1, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and when they were created. Mm -hmm. It says that they were created in the image of God. He created them in His image and if you go back and look that up in the Hebrew, if you go back and back and, and look that information up, you begin to see that they were created as the exact image of God. That doesn't mean that they were just created um, to look like Him, but everything about them was just like Him. Yep. He, he created them with the ability to be creators. He, that's why He gave Adam the, the opportunity to name all of the animals in the garden. That's right. But he was calling them uh, what, what they would be called. Because your words are so important. Um, it says that's how, G that's how the Father created. If you look at Hebrews 11.3, it says that he formed the world with his words. Yep. 
And so we were created to be spirit beings just like our Father. We were created to look just like our Father. And um, we were created to live in the same life as our Father. In Genesis 3 then, we see that the fall of man happened. Satan came, and let me tell you, this is exactly what he does right now. His, his tactics are absolutely no different than they were in that garden. He comes to confuse people about their identity. Yep. He came and offered something they already had. He came and said, if you do this, you will be exactly like God. Well, we know they were like God because it says he created them in his exact image. That's Go right. back and study it out for yourself. That's what it says. He created them in his exact image. He didn't create them to replace him. He, re- he created them to have a family that was just like him. Mm-hmm. It is, it is our, our joy when we have children to raise them up, to walk in the truth and the knowledge and the revelation, and that what we've went through, the struggles we've went through, the things we learned, we can equip them that they don't have to go through those things so that they can be, um, that they can walk in the in the victories that we've already had they can walk in those victories well god created us to walk in the victory that he already had he created us to walk in what he had already done so we see the fall of man happen and essentially what happened at that time is when the fall of man happened they were the overseers they were the the um the presidents of if you will of the earth and they took the keys and the authority that they had over this earth those who were to have dominion i I skipped that part so let's talk about that god gave them conferred to them the blessing to have dominion over this land to be fruitful multiply subdue the land and have dominion over it well what does have dominion over it it means to be in control to be the kingdom rule and authority in this earth not to be the kingdom rule and authority over everything uh, that God has, not heaven and earth, but over this earth, he gave them the kingdom authority. And when they believed the enemy that they were going to gain something they already had, they took the keys that they had to this earth and they turned them over to the enemy. Yeah. And when they turned them over to the enemy, he then became uh, what we see the word calls him um, the uh, the God of this world. And um, we see that he even says that to uh, Jesus in Matthew 4, that everything that I have authority over, I will give to you. Well, he, he had the rightful cause to offer that because authority had been given to him over this earth. Adam and Eve turned the authority that they had over this earth to Satan. Well, That, that right there is also just another um, Satan's uh, blueprint is one page pretty much like you said uh right there in the desert that uh, you know he was trying to get jesus to question who he was yep question his identity that's mm-hmm. exactly right he's always going to try to get you to question your identity why because who you are in christ identifies what you can have in this earth mm-hmm. and he will tell you who you are but you have to go find that out for yourself and believe who he's called you to be yeah you know it says that um uh, Satan comes to steal the word and he doesn't really care about us. He doesn't want the word to get out and and God's will be done in the earth. So that's why he wants you or he tries to steal the word from you. 
he doesn't want you to know who you are. Yeah. And that's how you know who you are is, is the word of the word. God. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so he comes to steal he comes to steal the word from you and then it says to kill and destroy. He tries to that word kill is actually sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He gets you to try. First, he wants to steal the word. If he can't steal the word, then he wants you to sacrifice who you are. Sacrifice who you call yourself to be. Yeah. So you begin to not look like at yourself like, like the Father called you. Instead of looking at yourself as healed, whole, prosperous, uh, peaceful, joyful, instead you begin to look at yourself as broke, busted, and disgusted. Yeah. And he begins to try to get you to sacrifice who God's called you to be uh, for, for the lie that he's trying to give you and if he can't accomplish that then he comes to destroy anything that he can in your pathway to get you to give up that place mm-hmm. and so it's so important for you to know this to know the authority that you have in this earth because let me tell you you will never ever beat satan in the mental realm you will never ever beat satan with mere knowledge you have to beat him in the spiritual realm knowing who you are in christ and what god has done for you that's how you come against the enemy. You come against him in the spirit realm because in the spirit realm, that is where you are already victorious. That's where victory already belongs to you. That's where you already have the victory because he, Jesus has won the victory. That's right. So that's what we're getting onto. We talked about the fall. We talked about them turning it over. And then it shows that Jesus came. He came as a man. The reason he came as a baby is this. He didn't come as a baby um, from any other reason than so that you could see how you can live your life in this earth. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. He came and was born through a woman just like you were born through a woman. He came and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit just like you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he began to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost that is given to you by the baptism of the Holy Spirit living as one with the Holy Spirit. And he lived his life, those three years, in full manifestation of ministry in the anointing, like we talked about in the very beginning. He walked in that anointing, preaching the gospel to the poor, healing those who were oppressed of the devil. Um, And he moved in the authority that was given to him by his Father, by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so it was given to him, receiving the Holy Spirit. But then he went further, showing you the life he could live, coming as a baby. Because if he would have came in his God, in his um, godliness, if he would have just came straight from heaven as God, you would have recognized him, but you would have never recognized yourself as what you were capable of doing. So instead, he came as a baby so you could see the life that God had planned for you, that you could see yourself born as the son of God. And he was born, he called himself the son of man so that you could see that. And so he lived his life not doing the works of God until he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. And when he was baptized with the Holy Ghost, he performed miracles, He walked in what you're called to walk in in this earth. And then he went to the cross and he died and he rose again on the third day. And before he rose again on the third day, he went down to hell and he beat Satan to a pulp. It says that he paraded him around as a victorious a victor, he paraded him around and he took those keys that Adam and Eve turned over to Satan and he took them back and he went and seated him. He was seated in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus, which those are our scriptures for today. And when he was seated in the heavenly realm, it says that when he died and rose again, he took you from death and he seated you in the heavenly realm with him. And that's when those keys were afforded back to you. It says that he turned the keys of authority over to you Mm -hmm. and that you began to have that authority in this earth. So 
I want to read that to you real quick. It says in, um, remember we finished yesterday in Ephesians 1, 19. Well, in verse 20 it says, which the power which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And you say, okay, I can believe that. Jesus was raised above everything. His name is the name above everything, but keep reading. And then he put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church a headship exercised throughout the church now get this get this which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all for in the in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything wherewith himself Listen to that right there. Right there, he said that he took all things and placed them under his feet. And they made Jesus is the head and the church is his body. Mm -hmm. So if you are part of the church of the living God, that means that you are somewhere from the foot to the neck. You are part of that body. And so all things have been placed underneath you. Because if they have been placed under his feet, that means they have been placed under the body of Christ. That is the body that is seated in heavenly places. You have been lifted up and seated in that place with Christ Jesus. You have been lifted up far above every principality, every rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Why? Because you've been given the name of Jesus. Not because of anything you've done. Not because of any thing you've earned but because you've been given the name of Jesus that seated you far above lack it seated you far above poverty it seated you far above sickness it seated you far above disease it seated you far above cancer it seated you far above diabetes it seated you far above socialism it seated you far above anything that would try to come against you and to take away the authority that's been given to you and everything that uh, you're you're experiencing in life has a name it does. Cancer has a name. Yep. Diabetes has a name. Lack has a name. And you can speak against that because we have the authority of the name greater than any other name. That is absolutely right. And so I want to, you say, well, I don't see that. Let me go even further. Uh, 2.5 says, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. So even when we were living dead to him. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him for. Quickened who for? Jesus. It is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. And he raised us. Who's us? The believers. He raised us, the believers, up together with him and made us sit down together giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus the Messiah the anointed one he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable limitless surpassing riches of his free grace his unmerited favor and his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus you see, he set you up there so that you could rule and reign with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, he, go ahead. 
You have to see yourself as he sees you. You have to be willing to not just look at this natural world with your natural eyes. Because remember in the beginning I told you you were created as an exact image. That Adam and Eve were created as spirit beings. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same thing that happens to you when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You've been given a soul. That's your mind, will, and your emotions. And you are living in a body. You are not your body. And you are not even your mind, will, and your emotions. You are a spirit. You um, express yourself with your soul. But you are a spirit. And that spirit man looks exactly like Christ Jesus. And that's the part that's seated in him in heavenly places. So it is your decision of where you operate from. If you operate from that spirit or if you operate from this natural world, you have to know your identity in Christ Jesus. Yeah, you're, you're speaking life or death. One word, uh, you're not speaking neutral. Right. You're speaking life and death. And the body is uh, the conduit of how to get the spiritual uh, into the earth. Um, Satan, he can't do anything without putting thoughts in your head and you're speaking them out. He has. He he doesn't have the ability to create. Yeah, he he can't create. He he. We have to create. We are creating with our mouth, one right. way or the other. Right. Like you said, you're not sitting on the fence, and because no, um, Satan owns the fence. Yeah, Jesus is. Uh, he's done what he's done. He's given us the keys, um, and it's now our uh, job, if you will. Job's not really a great word, but uh, our ability. Uh, to create for for God or create for Satan. Yeah. Um, you have the authority because um, a good picture is uh, like an NFL ref. Um, you know, most of those guys, some of them work out, but a lot of them are scrawny or older or whatever, and they're controlling the game of all these supreme athletes. Yeah. Um, can they physically manhandle these athletes to do what they want? No. But they control the game because they have the authority given to them by the league. That's good. Yeah. Same with a police officer. Right. That police officer is going to put up his hand at the crosswalk, um, and they can't stop the car physically. But because of the power invested in them uh, and uh, the badge they the wear, badge they wear uh, there's authority there. Right. And Jesus has given us the authority in the same fashion. Right. So think about on the opposite side. For either one, for the NFL ref or for the police officer, if they were not exerting their authority, if they were not, um, if I was driving 90 miles an hour up and down the highway and never was there an officer who was exerting his authority, mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to run crazy up and down the street. Why? Because no authority was exerted over yeah. me. So if you're not going to use the authority that's been given to you in Christ Jesus, then Satan's going to continue to run, um, run wild in your life. He's going to continue to wreak havoc in your life. Yeah. Why? Because you're not using the authority that was given to you to stop him. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to speak out of your mouth and put that thing to a stop. And so it is so important for you to renew your mind to the word of what God has made available to you. Renewing your mind, uh, Brother Hagen says, uh, renewing your mind lasts no longer than combing your hair. Every day you have to wake up and comb your hair. Yeah. Every day you have to wake up and renew your mind. It's not good enough to just go to church on Sunday 
and and use that as the only time that you're receiving the word. Not if you're going to operate in your true authority in Christ. You right. have to daily enforce. That's right. You can't live off your pastor's revelation. You can't. You can't. Just in the same way, uh, Jordan can't live off of me eating a bowl of cereal. Mm. Frost flakes. <laughs> you have to. You have to be willing to eat the word for yourself. You have to be willing to put that on the inside of you for yourself. And so I'm giving you these things. I'm giving you these scriptures. I'm giving you this information. I encourage you. Um, when I was uh, first under um, a pastor, uh, Pastor Brandon Holler. Oh, I love him so much. And I am so grateful for him. Um, he totally changed my life by a word that he gave to me. But he said this, and, and I've stuck by it ever since I heard him say it. If you haven't um, read the word before, if you haven't made a habit of reading the word before, first I would tell you, um, he might not tell you this, but I would tell you, if you haven't frequently gotten the word, get a passion translation. It's so easy to read. It's beautiful. It's love communicated to you. But what he would say is read Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, and Ephesians chapter three. And once you finish that, read Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, and Ephesians chapter three. And once you finish that, read Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, and Ephesians chapter three. And then maybe go on to the rest of the information that Paul's giving you in Galatians and Philippians and Colossians. Um, but why is that so important? Because what I just read you in these last two episodes. It talks about the salvation that was given to you and that it was a free gift from God. And then it tells you who you are in Christ, where you're seated, where you're operating from, and what you're doing. It is so important for you to know that. It's so important for you to know that you aren't, um, that you aren't dealing with a situation from underneath it, but you're dealing with a situation from above it. You're dealing with it with a heavenly perspective. You can't come to it with an earthly perspective. You have to come to the situation from a heavenly perspective. That is how you maintain your victory in this earth. That is how you're victorious in this earth. That is what this entire podcast is about. The victory you have is seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is how today you are victorious. So, Father, I thank you for every person who's listened to this today. Father, I thank you, just like I prayed before, I pray over them again, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that they would come to know the hope of your calling that you've given to them, the inheritance of the saints that has been given to them, and your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand. Father, that when you raised him, you raised them and seated them there. Father, that their eyes would become enlightened to that. I thank you, Lord, for new revelation being poured out to each and every one of them today and father i thank you that today they are victorious